0: it was right there for the taking a near perfect week in the palm of my hand and then somehow i thought that arizona and kyler murray would go into los angeles without uh, deandre hopkins and beat the rams win some you lose some i guess What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd NerdTease, and welcome to the division round playoff episode of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2021 NFL football season and postseason. Super wildcard weekend is now in the rear view. Some people seem to complain about it. I thought it was a highly entertaining long weekend of football, Saturday, Sunday, and then and the Monday night game last night that I mentioned off the top. Pretty successful uh, results in Super Wild Card Weekend as well. But before we get into all that, look, it's time for the Packers to play yet again. And that means it's 49ers hate week. Uh. In case you can't tell, I think the concept of hate weeks is pretty embarrassing. Like, is it just me or do the teams and the fan bases of teams that really participate in these hate week things aren't they just the teams that haven't had any kind of measurable success since like the 90s? Anyway, let's look into how things went on Super Wildcard Weekend. I was 5-1 and one straight up in the six games on Super Wildcard Weekend. The only game I got wrong was last night's game, Arizona going into Los Angeles and getting beaten up on pretty much. I think it was what, 34-11, to 11, the final in that one. So, All five other games, I was perfect straight up heading into that game. C'est la vie. Sometimes things like that happen. Against the spread, strong, four and two. I did hedge my bets on the New England Patriots. They got blown out by 30 against Buffalo. And then, of course, I had Arizona plus the points because I had them winning outright. Totals was pretty well even money. I was three and three on the totals. I had the under in the Buffalo and Kansas City wins and the over in Tampa Bay, with Tampa, kind of needed a little bit more from the Eagles offensively, didn't get it. And Buffalo and Kansas City, I had the unders in those games, and they almost covered the totals by themselves. So look, everything was at least at 500. 5 5-1 straight up, 4-2 against the spread. I feel pretty good about that. We're going to talk about the pickums here, but only briefly, because Yahoo is in the process of, I guess, having an aneurysm over what to do with Super Wild Card Weekend games. Because overall standings are not updated. The matchups for the division round, even though we know what they are and when they're going to be happening, they're not available yet. So we don't, I don't really know the standings. Like right now, I know as of the games on Saturday, I was in 18th place in the Bridgewater's Finest Pool, 33rd place in the Half Moons Pool, and 13th place in the Anti and Co Pool. But that does not take in any of the results on Sunday Or last night's game. So two-thirds of the game from last week have not been accounted for in the standings. Here is what I can tell you. Based on my own math, I currently sit with 1,452 confidence points in the Bridgewater's finest pool. It's 64.1% of the max total, which is 2266. I did bring in 60 of 66 confidence points last week, only missing my least confident game, which was Arizona in Los Angeles. So that's 90.9% of the confidence points which is an awesome week, but not quite good enough to win the week. In fact, had three teams go 6-0 and on Super Wildcard Weekend, bringing in all 66 confidence points available to them. That is a clip of obviously 100%. In the Half Moons pool, I have 1,101 confidence points out of the 2266 max, which is 48.6% total. I did have a pretty darn good week, though, bringing in 50 of the 66 available confidence points for 75.8%. Have to shout out Ravens Nation 252 for bringing in 60 of the 66 points, 90.9%, good enough to win Super Wildcard Weekend in the Half Moons pool. And with Anti and Co., I got five of the six games correct. That's now 159 straight up wins on the season, 57.2%. But five out of six is 83 and a third, which was a very solid showing on Super Wildcard Weekend. And I got to shout out my boy. He's my boy at this point, West Coast Martin. Martin goes a perfect six for six on Super Wild Card Weekend, the only member of the ante and co-pool to go perfect on Super Wild Card Weekend, which means he wins the week. He's a guy. He's been a guy for a long time. Martin gets the win. I will, of course, go ahead and update you in the comments section below once Yahoo figures itself out and once we have the actual overall standings and the overall leaders. Heading into this week, it was Uncle BBQ Barry, Moby Polito, and Rams fan 412 respectively, but I will update those numbers as soon as Yahoo makes them available. At this point, I will, as I always do, remind you that if you go to the description of this episode on YouTube or of the audio file on SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts of choice, you can find all of my results from Super Wildcard Weekend, all of my straight up against the spread and over under plays for the four division round games. You can find information on joining any of those pick and pools that I just talked about. If you win a week, you get yourself shouted out on this show. You can find information on joining the NFL YouTube prognosticators Facebook page and information on my great friends and sponsors at Nerd Tees. I believe I threatened to do it in the episode last week. My new Nerd Tees order is in and that includes I believe at least two or three blends that I have never, ever talked about. Yeah, at least three blends that I've never talked about on any of these shows. We're trying new things and the new things that I am getting are just a couple of the dozens of incredible blends that you can find on nerdtease.ca and since I just used it and just tested it, you know it still works. Promo code BWFINEST, that is going to save you your 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over $100. bucks. you are also going to get a great conversion rate on the US dollar. Now, today's blend is lemon ginger. It has been a long time, just a happy, comforting tea for me, and I wanted to make sure that my voice was at its absolute best to talk about the division round games. Nerdtease.ca, promo code BWFinest, save your 15%, get your free shipping, find yourself something to love, or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtease.ca. No time to waste on this busy Tuesday. Your division round matchups look like this. On the AFC side, you've got the number one seed Tennessee Titans at home playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals, who came up with a seven-point victory at home against Las Vegas in the last round, and the AFC two versus three matchup, so all the favorites moving through the super wildcard weekend, we've got the Kansas City Chiefs at home playing host to the Buffalo Bills, both of those teams coming off of games where they either doubled up or absolutely dominated the opposition, Kansas City doubling up Pittsburgh, Buffalo blowing out New England by 30. On the NFC side, you got the number one seed, my Green Bay Packers, who will be at home playing host of the San Francisco 49ers, the lowest seed remaining in these playoffs. I believe last week I may have called them a bracket buster. If I didn't, I'm doing it now. The prospect is definitely there. For this Niners team, the Niners pulling off the, I think it was 23 to 17 win against the Dallas Cowboys with all of the end of game chicanery and ridiculousness that took place in that game. But the point is the Niners went out there and got the job done. NFC two versus four matchup. We got the Tampa Bay Bucks at home playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. Bucks doubling up the Eagles and the Rams absolutely dominating Arizona last night. All right, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, let's get things started. And we're gonna go for our games on Saturday. The number one AFC seed, Tennessee Titans, playing host to the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, Tennessee generated that number one seed by virtue of a 12 and five regular season record. Also were seven and two at home this year. Very strong performance in their own building on the season. Cincinnati moving their record to 11 and 7 overall this year with their win last week again against the uh, Vegas Raiders. They are 5 and 3 on the road. They were a solid road team this year as betting favorites, which the Tennessee Titans are in this matchup. They are laying three and a half points as the home favorite. Tennessee 6 and 3 overall straight up this year, winning their games by a little over five points on average per game as a dog Cincinnati actually five and four this year so as a betting underdog they won five games straight up on the season which is a very successful season coming into games as underdogs and on those games the average margin of victory for Cincinnati was plus 3.9 now, while Tennessee was six and three as a betting favorite this year, straight up against the spread, bit of a different story under 500, only four and five against the spread. And on average, they lost to the spread by about a single point on average per game. So yes, they won six of those nine games, but were under 500 covering Vegas's number. Meanwhile, Cincinnati as a dog this year, like I mentioned, 5-4 straight up, 6-3 against the spread, and tended to beat Vegas's number by over a full touchdown on average, plus 7.2. Now against common AFC opponents, Cincinnati 9-4 on the year, plus 5.7 the margin of victory there. Tennessee respectable, 8-4 against the AFC this year, margin of victory is about the same at 5.8 willing to call that one a wash. And it's kind of a wash against the spread as well. Cincinnati 11 and 7 against the spread overall this year tended to beat Vegas's lines by 4.2 points. Meanwhile, Tennessee 10 and 7 against the spread this year and tended to beat Vegas by 2.9. So the story of this game is two teams that had solid results against the spread except, of course, when Tennessee was a betting favorite. When they were underdogs, they were blowing teams out against the spread. But as favorites, they were tending to get beaten by the lines. Obviously, two dueling storylines coming into this game, that being the health of Cincinnati's pass rush and defensive line, and for Tennessee, the health of Derrick Henry. Now, obviously, the return of Derrick Henry has kind of been looming over this game for weeks and weeks and weeks now when the conversation first started, like, boy, you know, he could be he could be back for the playoffs. That's why it was so important for the Titans to get that first round by, which is exactly what they did. For Cincinnati on the defensive line, Uh, Larry Ogunjobi suffering a season-ending injury last week. Trey Hendrickson is in concussion protocol. We don't know if he's going to be playing. And we saw that when Cincinnati lost those pass rushers last week, they basically completely lost any pressure on Derek Carr and the Raiders last week. And that allowed the Raiders to stay in that game, come back, be in a position to potentially tie that game late. Tennessee, obviously, with the benefit of coming in with a lot of rest off of the bye. Cincinnati, still one of the five least penalized teams in the regular season this year. So they're not gonna make a ton of mistakes, I just think that pass rush is going to be the Achilles heel here for the Bengals. Maybe this changes if Trey Hendrickson clears concussion protocol and can play, but he's only got about four days to do that, and I think that process begins for him today. So that is a a very tough ask for a guy to clear the NFL's protocol that quickly. I think I got to go with the Titans in this game. I just think, look, the success that they were able to have without Derrick Henry, now you take Derrick Henry and put him back into that equation. I'm not going to say the Titans are unstoppable because I don't think they are. I need to see that first. But I think in this game, I think where Cincinnati, it was so close with Vegas last week, I don't necessarily think Joe Burrow gets them over the hump here. However, I will say, if Cincinnati wins this game... I might take them all the way to the Super Bowl because my my favorite possible Super Bowl matchup in my head right now is Green Bay and Cincinnati just to see Aaron Rodgers and Joe Burrow. That is a quarterback matchup that I want to see play for a Super Bowl. So if Cincinnati does win this game, I might be spoiling how I'm going to go in the AFC title game, but I really would want Cincinnati to go to the Super Bowl. But as it stands right now, I'm going to take the Titans officially to beat the Bengals. On the line, like I mentioned, Tennessee's laying three and a half points here as the home favorite. I'm actually going to hedge my bets. I'm going to take Cincinnati here plus the three and a half points. I think this is a close enough game that I really just don't want to buy that extra half point. This feels like a last second field goal type of game, one way or the other. So I think the three and a half points is one that I'm going to hedge on it. Take the Bengals plus the points. Total in the game set at 47. This is pretty darn close to a perfect number, but I've got this staying just a couple of points under this. I think Tennessee, both of these teams actually are capable of dominating games with their run game. So I think low scoring is probably the way to go with this. We're going to go under 47 points in Tennessee, Cincinnati. Let's go Titans 24, Bengals 21. Tennessee gets the win. Cincinnati covers the points. Second game on Saturday sees the San Francisco 49ers in Lambeau Field taking on the Green Bay Packers. Packers come into this game as five and a half point favorites against the spread. San Francisco moves their record to 11-7 on the season. This is also the third straight road game for San Francisco, dating back to the final game of the regular season. But they are 7-3 and three on the road this year. A very, very solid road team. Look, if you can win better than two out of every three games on the road, you're setting yourself up for success one way or the other. Now it means they're only even money at home. They don't have to worry about playing at home anymore this year. Green Bay the number 1 seed in the NFC off of a 13 and 4 record in the regular season and ran the table 8 and 0 this year at Lambeau Field the only team to go undefeated in their home building this season. Green Bay also played a ton this season as Vegas's betting favorites. 13 of their 17 games, they were favored to win the game. They were 10-3 and three straight up in those games, beating uh, their opponents on average by 5.5 points, which is exactly what the spread is in this game. The Niners as underdogs, only underdogs four times this year, but they won three of those four games straight up and beat their opponents on average by 5.8 points. Now you understand what I mean when I called them a bracket buster earlier. Now obviously where San Francisco is three and one straight up as betting underdogs means they're also three and one against the spread as betting underdogs, beating Vegas's number by nearly 10 points on average plus 9.9. Green Bay in their 13 games as betting favorites were 8-5 and five against Vegas' numbers. However, they missed, on average, were being beaten by Vegas' numbers by a little over a point per game. So yes, they were 8-5, and five, but they did struggle occasionally to cover some big spreads. Both teams had solid numbers against NFC opponents this year. San Francisco 8-5 and five against the NFC with a margin of victory of plus 3.4 green Bay nine and three against NFC opponents this year with an average margin of victory of 5.8. Got to give the edge to green Bay there, but both of these teams played solidly against their NFC counterparts and against the spread, Kind of a push as well. Both of these teams double digits against the spread this year. San Francisco 10 and 8 overall. That includes their win last week, beating Vegas's number by a little over half a point. And Green Bay, same deal, beating Vegas's number overall by about a half point, but they were 12 and 5 covering against the spread. Once again, the health conversation comes into play in this game. For the Niners, you saw Joey Bosa. Fred Warner and Jimmy Garoppolo all come up with varying degrees of injuries in that game last week against Dallas. Uh, Bosa is questionable. Warner's all over Twitter saying that he's going to play, but he's listed as questionable. Jimmy G picking up a bit of a shoulder issue. I don't know whether it's his throwing shoulder or his non-throwing shoulder. He's also, of course, been dealing with the thumb. He's listed as questionable as well. Meanwhile, on the Packers' sideline, they're getting healthy and getting healthy at exactly the right time. And in this game, could potentially be getting back any or all of Billy Turner, Whitney Merciless, Jair Alexander, and Zadarius Smith. That is three massive pieces on defense and a piece on the offensive line. Of course, they had David Bakhtiari come back in the last game of the regular season. So, look, the conversation, yes, it's a cliche of, oh, the team's getting healthy at the right time, but the team's literally getting healthy at the right time, getting back the biggest pieces of their defense for what I would argue is the toughest matchup remaining in the NFC for a team that is a heavy favorite. Packers, of course, have the benefit of the bye week from having not played last week. One of the top teams in the NFL in terms of turnover differential, double digits to the positives in the regular season, and like Cincinnati, the Packers, one of the five least penalized teams in the NFL this season. They may have actually been number one or number two. They don't make the mistakes that shoot themselves in the foot. We saw Dallas, that Dallas game last week with San Francisco, where Dallas made every mistake in the book. They made they took every penalty. They awarded San Francisco, I think, 10 first downs by penalty in that game. You can't win a football game when you do stuff like that. The Green Bay Packers are not that team. They're not the team that's going to throw the critical interception. They're not the team that's going to take the critical penalty. At least not all season, they've not been that team. And if you're the Niners, if you're not getting turnovers, I don't think you're beating Aaron Rodgers in Lambeau Field. I think that goes for basically everybody. If you're not generating turnovers, I think we even saw that in the NFC title game last year. If you're not generating turnovers, it's tough to beat this team. Tampa Bay got their turnovers against Green Bay last year. I don't know that San Francisco is going to get theirs in this game. Got to go with Green Bay here, and everybody's going to be in the comments, well, of course you took Green Bay, but yes, of course I took Green Bay. They're the better football team. They're playing in their own building where they were unbeaten this year. Yes, I'm taking Green Bay. So let's take the Packers at home to beat San Francisco. On the line, like I mentioned, Packers are five and a half point favorites. I think I've got to lay those points. I've got this ending with a full touchdown, so the five and a half will hit. Obviously, this is not an overwhelming, like, yes, smash, yes, it's going to cover. But I think the game ends probably by seven. So the minus five and a half, I think, will hit. Let's lay the five and a half. Total in the game set at 47.5 points. And like the uh, unlike the previous game, I should say, I've got this game getting into the 50s, so I feel fairly comfortable grabbing over the 47 and a half points in Green Bay, San Francisco. Let's go. Packers 31. Niners 24. Packers win. Packers cover over the total. Let's take the party wagon to Tampa Bay now. The Bucs playing host to the Los Angeles Rams. Again, we saw the Rams look excellent in their game last night. Really apply the pressure to the Arizona Cardinals and Arizona completely folded. Now in saying that, I wish all the best to Buddha Baker who obviously had a scary moment in that game last night for the Arizona Cardinals, a collision with cam Akers, who was just making his return from what was thought to be a season ending injury. So Buddha was taken out on a stretcher and he is one of my absolute favorite defensive players in the entire NFL. So I hope a speedy recovery for him. I hope it's not as serious as it looked for, uh, for the Cardinals uh, defensive back. Now, Rams, 13 and 5 now on the season with their win last night. 7 and 2 on the road this year. Had a better road season, I would argue, than their season in their own building. 7 and 2 on the road, it makes them a potential bracket buster. Make no mistake about it. Tampa Bay 14-4 now on the season with their win against Philadelphia last week, 8-1 and one at home this year, only losing one single game in Raymond James Stadium, obviously a huge season for Tampa Bay. Now, Tampa Bay went into every single game this season as the betting favorite. All 18 games, including their playoff game, they were the Vegas betting favorites. They were obviously 14-4 and in those games and beat opponents by an average margin of victory of nearly 10 full points, 9.7 points per game on average. The Rams, only underdogs twice this year. So the Rams spent basically the entire season as favorites. However, both of their games where they were a betting underdog, they won the game straight up, 2-0 and o straight up, and an average margin of victory of 8.5 points. This is going to be a humdinger of a football game. This is going to be a heck of a game. It's a shame this couldn't be the NFC Championship game, but I think we'll get a good NFC title game one way or the other. Now in those 18 games as betting favorites, Tampa Bay 10 and eight against the spread, respectable, not exactly overwhelming, but 10 and eight against the spread and on average beat Vegas's number by about a single point. Now the Rams as dogs, like I mentioned, two and 0 straight up as betting underdogs means they were two and 0 against the spread as betting underdogs as well, beating Vegas's number by nearly 11 points, 10 and a half points in those two games. Both of these teams an identical nine and four straight up against NFC opponents so far this season. Uh, The Rams beating NFC opponents by five and a half points on average. The Bucks beating NFC opponents by nearly 10 full points on average on the season and it's basically a push against the spread as well. Rams 9 and 9 against the spread on the year, just basically beating Vegas's number by not even a half point on average and the Bucks like I mentioned, 10 and 8 plus 0.9. Uh both of these teams come into this game essentially healthy. The Rams really have no significant injuries on their side and Tampa Bay has no new significant injuries. Like they've kind of figured out Uh, You know, life after Chris Godwin getting hurt, uh, life after Antonio Brown having his hissy fit, life after all of these things, Tampa's kind of figured that out. So basically, both of these teams come into the game essentially healthy. You might want to keep an eye on Leonard Fournette. I think he has the questionable tag, although he may have been upgraded to probable at this point. So we'll keep an eye on Leonard Fournette. But other than that, it's basically straight up between these two teams. The Rams obviously come into this game on the short week where they had to play on Monday Night Football last night. They are, like Green Bay and like Cincinnati, one of the least penalized teams in the NFL. So look, it's almost like me spending the whole season talking about being some of the least penalized teams. It's almost like it makes sense because three of the five least penalized teams in the NFL are among the NFL's final eight teams. So it's almost like not taking penalties is important. The Bucs, like the Packers, come into this game as one of the absolute best ball control teams in the NFL. Double digits to the positive in terms of their turnover ratio. They do not turn the ball over. They generate turnovers on the defensive side. And I think that could wind up being the difference in the game. I think the Bucs probably get that critical turnover. We've seen Matthew Stafford be prone to throwing those turnovers, throwing interceptions, uh, losing fumbles, things like that. We've seen the Rams as a whole be a little more prone to that than the average team i believe actually they're i think minus three on the regular season for their turnover ratio i think that winds up being the difference in the game i think the bucks get that critical turnover i think the bucks turn it into points i think the bucks win the game so let's take tampa bay at home to get the win over the la rams Now, Bucks come into this game as three-point favorites at home. I like them to win. It's a relatively small price to pay, so I'm going to go ahead and lay the three points on Tampa Bay. Total in the game set at 48 and a half points. It's our highest total so far, but I've got this game potentially getting into the very low 60s. I think it easily gets into the 50s and where that's the case, we're going to grab the over on the points. Let's go over 48 and a half points in Tampa Bay, Los Angeles. Let's go Bucks 34, Rams 27. Bucks straight up, Bucks cover the minus three. In our final game of the divisional round, the Kansas City Chiefs, the number two seed in the AFC, playing the AFC's number three seed, the Buffalo Bills. So obviously both of these teams, dominant wins on Super Wild Card Weekend, really were not challenged uh, other than, I guess, in Buffalo's case, other than by the elements because it was awfully cold but really were not challenged by the teams that were in front of them they made those teams make mistakes they capitalized on them that is the nature of both of these football teams and actually like Tampa Bay and the Rams both of these teams are going to come into this game essentially healthy no real significant injuries no critical injuries on either side you're going to want to watch Clyde Edwards Hilaire and his injury situation with the Chiefs but other than that they're both basically essentially healthy Buffalo comes into this game now 12 and 6 on the season, 5 and 3 on the road this year, which is a respectable road record. Kansas City now 13 and 5 on the season overall and 8 and 2 in their home building, a very strong performance for Kansas City in Kansas City. Like Tampa Bay, the Chiefs were the betting favorites every single time they took the field this season. So, obviously, as a betting favorite, they were 13 and 5 straight up, winning their games on average by 7.5 points per game. Buffalo, only an underdog three times this year, they won two of those games outright. So, 2 and 1 straight up with an average margin of victory of eight points. Now, despite a 13-5 and five record, the Chiefs were only even money so far against the spread this season at 9-9. Nine and nine. They went into last week's game 8-9 and nine before they blew out the Steelers. So 9-9 nine and nine against the spread, average margin of victory to the spread, a little over a single point. I believe they came into last week in the negatives, and that's what happens when you beat a team by whatever it was, 21 or 22, however much they beat them by. Buffalo, obviously, where they're 2-1 straight up as a dog, they're also 2-1 against the spread as a dog, beating Vegas's number by over 10 points on average, plus 10.3. Both of these teams an equal 8-5 and five straight up this year against AFC opponents. Buffalo beating AFC opponents by almost 12 points per game on average, plus 11.7. Kansas City with a respectable plus 6.8 margin of victory against AFC teams. Now against the spread, I got to give the edge to the Buffalo Bills here overall on the season. 10-6-2 against Vegas's numbers and beat those numbers by about 4.5 points on average on the year. Once again, Kansas City, even money 9-9 and 9, and beat the numbers by about a point. Definitely have to give the edge there to Buffalo where the Rams in the previous game had the detriment of the short week, the bills here have the benefit of the long week. They played early this week and they get to play or last week and they get to play on Sunday this week. So they actually have eight days there between games. Kansas city has no such benefit. So that is at the very least a little extra time to rest up and get healthier, get the energy levels up. Both of these teams take a few too many penalties. They're not among the most penalized teams in the league. They just take a few too many for my liking so that is obviously a situation to watch boy both of these teams were really impressive last week this makes this an incredibly difficult game to pick when i take a look at how these two teams have played over the last four games and that includes the playoff game kansas city and buffalo are both scoring 34 points a game the difference is on the defensive side The Chiefs are giving up an incredibly respectable 21 points a game on average over their last four games. The Bills, 16. They have only allowed one opponent in their last four games to score more than 20 points. Yes, offenses win you games early in the playoffs. Defenses win you championships. I'm going to take the Buffalo Bills. I'm going to take Buffalo in the upset here to go into Kansas city, get the win over Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and an incredibly good Kansas city chiefs team. This is the worst draw for the chiefs in the AFC. This is why it was so important for Kansas city to get the number one seed and they were not able to do it. I think it's Josh Allen and the Buffalo bills is time. Let's take Buffalo on the road in Kansas city to beat the chiefs. Now, against the spread, Kansas City is the favorite here. They're only favored by two and a half points. So genuinely, I can't get mad at anybody for going either way on this line. That line is so close, it's such a small price to pay. If you like the Chiefs to win, you almost have to lay the two and a half points because why wouldn't you? I like Buffalo to win, so give me the plus 2.5. Total in the game is the by far the largest total of the week at 55 points, expecting a bunch of fireworks in this game. I think this is going to be close because I love these offenses. I just think Buffalo's defense makes that one or two plays that winds up determining the game. I'm still going to go over on it because I expect Buffalo to put up plenty of points. I expect Kansas City to put up plenty of points. We're going to go over the 55 points in Buffalo, Kansas City. Let's go Bills 33, Chiefs 26, Bills straight up taking Bills plus the points over the total. There you have it, folks. Those are your picks for the division round matchups of the 2021 NFL playoffs or for the playoffs for the 2021 NFL season, I guess I should say. And it is time now for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from the Super Wildcard Weekend episode is actually going to go to a longtime viewer of mine, Bruin Steele, and uh, his comments, it's a little bit longer, but it gets into the Pittsburgh Steelers and what the Steelers might do at quarterback next year. So his original comment was, my Steelers are going to get destroyed. It may be Ben's retirement party in Kansas City. Turns out that's exactly what what happened. And I asked him in my response, how do you think their QB search will go? Who do you like to be under center in 2022? His response to that was definitely not Kendrick Green. I hate that guy. We need a new O-line and Terrell Edmonds sucks. Our defense and secondary needs replacing, or defensive secondary, sorry, and obviously we need a new quarterback once Ben's gone. I don't see Mason Rudolph leading this team, plus I haven't seen Dwayne Haskins play enough. Rumors say we might chase Derek Carr. Now that's a really interesting uh, wrinkle that gets thrown in there because just uh, yesterday, I think, the Raiders relieved uh, Mike Mayock of his duties as Raiders general manager. So they're going to bring in a new GM, Derek Carr is not necessarily, quote-unquote, his quarterback. They need a new coach. It might be Derek Carr's last. That might have been Derek Carr's last game in Vegas as a Raider. And if it is, I mean, look, Derek Carr, I think, would be an excellent add for the Pittsburgh Steelers. I really like the prospects of Jimmy Garoppolo going to Pittsburgh as well. Like, Pittsburgh is a perennial playoff team and a threat to win that division every single year with Jimmy Garoppolo at quarterback. I firmly firmly believe that. Garoppolo is a good quarterback that gets a lot of crap because he didn't wind up being the heir apparent to Tom Brady. but he's a good quarterback. so he, you add him into that Pittsburgh team. I genuinely think they could do some damage next season. It will be very interesting to see who will be playing quarterback for Pittsburgh next season. Bruin Steele, yours is the comment of the week from the Super Wild Card weekend video. All right, there we go, folks. The episode is now in the books for the division round of the playoffs for the 2021 NFL season. We got four games left. Eight teams will be whittled down to four. And next week, we will have the AFC and NFC championship games on tap. Who will be playing in those games? Let me know in the comment section below. Who do you like to go to the Super Bowl? And who do you think is our Super Bowl champion this season? That's it for me. Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube. Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter. Fueled as always by the incredible folks at Nerd Tease. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you again next week.